from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Tuesday, July 26th edition of Washington Watch. Coming up with worse economic news expected this week, the Biden administration is trying to make Americans feel better. The current drop in gas prices remains one of the fastest declines in over a decade. At current prices, the average driver will spend $30 per month less than they would if gas prices stayed at their peak, or $70 per month for a family who with two cars. Now, I don't know, that sounds a little bit like new math. Uh, we'll take a look at those numbers in the Biden administration's efforts to actually changed the definition of recession. Congressman Jim Banks, chairman of the Republican Study Committee, joins me in just a moment for that conversation, as well as a lot more. And speaking of gas prices, now this shocked me, and I'm not easily shocked by the actions of this administration, but on Friday, congressional Republicans launched an official investigation into the Biden administration selling oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a Chinese state-controlled company. Now, apparently... According to reports, the U.S. has sold nearly 5 million barrels of oil to China. Texas Congressman Pat Fallon has the details, and he joins us later here on Washington Watch. Also, the Biden administration responding to China's threats regarding Speaker Nancy Pelosi's potential visit to Taiwan. When it comes to what we've heard publicly from uh, the PRC, from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, in this case, I'm not going to respond uh, directly, but uh, I will just... Uh, restate our policy, uh, and that is that we remain committed to maintaining cross-strait peace and stability uh, and our one-China policy. That was State Department spokesman Ned Price. That also is on our list of topics for today. Yesterday, the Department of Justice met with pro-abortion groups to help them navigate the post-Dobbs world. Now, I have a question. When is the DOJ going to meet with pro-life organizations? After all, it's the pro-life organizations, over 100 of them, that have been vandalized or firebombed in the last two months. We're going to talk about that. And, uh, by the way, a great event yesterday evening at Summit Christian Academy in Missouri, a Faith and Freedom Summit with Missouri Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler and Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, we talked a lot, uh, talked about a lot of issues affecting families all across the nation. And Vicki Hartzler joins me a little bit later to continue that conversation. Also, with education becoming a winning issue for Republicans and a losing issue for Democrats for the first time that I can ever recall, the left is in a panic. And more and more conservative moms are now being censored on social media who are speaking, about, speaking out about what's happening in the classroom. Is there a connection? Meg Kilgannon joins me for that conversation. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, be sure and visit the Washington Stand, WashingtonStand.com. News and commentary from a biblical perspective. The word for today, coming from our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, is found in Psalm chapter 71. It's verse 18. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation your power to everyone who is to come. Now, the unknown writer of this psalm apparently fell into the category of a senior citizen. But rather than praying for a new golf cart or a place at the retirement community, he was asking God to help him write the next chapter of his life by helping him declare the power of God to the next generation. You know, there are a lot of gray heads out there that still have a lot to offer 
the next generation. So let's get busy. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, visit frc.org slash Bible. I also invite you to join me each morning at 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time for a short devotional based upon the daily reading plan. You can find it at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. All right, Thursday's upcoming economic report is expected to show a second consecutive quarter of negative growth, which is the typical marker for a recession. Well, in preparation of this news, the Biden administration has been working hard on getting America out of the crisis through good policy. Uh, At least that's what they tell us. But actually, what they're doing is digging the hole deeper, trying to change the definition of terms. Now, how's that going to work out for us? With me now to talk about this is someone who has a real plan. Uh, Congressman Jim Banks, he serves as the chairman of the Republican Study Committee. He also serves on three House committees, including the House Armed Services Committee. He represents the 3rd Congressional District of Indiana. Congressman Banks, welcome back to the program. Great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me back. Well, let's first uh, jump into this. The, uh, the, the Biden administration, what, what will it take for them to recognize that America is in a recession? They're trying to, uh, to change the definition of terms. Well, Tony, going back to that great scripture that you quoted, I'm not a senior citizen. I do have some gray hair. And I have been around Washington long enough to know that this pending recession has been completely and totally avoidable. This will be the first time in American history uh, heading into a recession that the the recession was directly caused by government spending in the short term by a single administration, what they've done over the last nearly year and a half to to, to, to move this country toward a bankruptcy and insolvency when it comes to government spending. So now all of a sudden that Biden administration is trying to change the definitions of what it means, what a recession means, and and how do you get there? Let me tell you, you can't you can't message your way out of this economic picture that we find ourselves in. The American people are hurting. I've never had more constituents call my office than right now who are desperate because of rising gas prices, because of inflation nearing ten percent. That's making it harder for them to make ends meet. In Indiana alone. This year, Hoosiers will spend about almost $7,000 more this year because of the inflationary uh, outcomes of of the Biden uh, inflation and the Biden spending that we've seen over the last couple of years. We can't keep it up. We have to get back to fiscal responsibility. Republican Study Committee, the group that I chair on Capitol Hill, we put out our uh, proposal a few weeks ago that would balance the budget in less than seven years and uh, fix a lot of these issues that the Democrats have caused to get our country back on, a, on the economic path to make us healthy again. So this is common sense. It's avoidable. Uh, we got, we've got to put leadership back in charge of the United States Congress that will help us get there. I mean, this administration uh, is spinning like a top when it comes to, uh, you know, how they talk about the issues. But I want to go back to this. You mentioned the gas. All right. So they're saying now the average family saves uh, $70 a month. All right. So gas has dropped from five dollars and one cents. That was a national average to an average of four dollars and thirty five cents. That's a 66 cent drop in gasoline over the last five weeks. Now, according to the White House, that is a 70 dollar a month savings for families. So we should all be very happy. I mean, just think what you can do with that extra 70 dollars a month. Oh, wait a minute. That's not an extra 70 dollars, because if you actually look at what the price was when President Biden I came into office, $2.37, you're paying on average $1.98 more per gallon. So instead of saving $70 a month, you're shelling out $210 more a month. How do they get away with this? 
I, I don't know how they get away with it. And I, I really, Tony, I don't think that they will. And if you're watching this program, you know that uh, the that the Biden administration thinks that you and the American people are stupid by by uh, by by using that math to try to make you uh, somehow believe that you're better off when we all know that we're worse off. And and the the simple solution that the the solution here is very simple to get us back to the policies that we had just less than two years ago that made America energy independent. On, on day one of the Biden presidency, he, he made actions to make us reliant on foreign oil and, and gas once again. And, 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 and the radical uh, 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 Green New Deal, climate change policies that this administration has put into, into effect have, have raised our gas prices to where they are at this point. It's a huge hit on the working men and women of this country, making it harder for you to put food on your table, harder to make ends meet. I, I don't think they're fooling anybody. I, I, I think the American people are gonna come out and vote in a way in this upcoming midterm election that lets this administration know that they're not, they're not buying into it. They're, they don't buy the, the, uh, the garbage mat that this administration is putting forth. Uh, and, and they're gonna vote in a way that's gonna make that very clear. Yeah, I, I, you can't escape this. I mean, you pull up to the gas station and uh, you try to fill up your car, and sometimes you got to take two trips because your uh, credit card can't take, uh, you know, they won't take more than $100. Uh, so, I mean, it is, it is affecting every American family. Now, I see behind you a, uh, a picture. I don't know if that's you in, in uh, combat gear, but you are a Navy veteran. And I want to ask you about something, because last night I was in uh, Missouri with one of your colleagues, uh, Vicki Hartzler, and, and a young man came up to me and said he was, he's about to be drummed out of the National Guard uh, because he has not gotten the vaccine, even though he has filled out all the paperwork for a religious exemption. It's been proved approved uh, up to the top of the chain of command, but they will not uh, give him the waiver. So what's your reaction to the news of the Biden administration? The Department of Defense is poised to kick out 260,000 service members for not being fully vaccinated. Yeah, this is absolutely insane. When recruiting numbers are 40 percent off the mark, I, and by the way, I've, I've, I've challenged the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, when they come before the House Armed Services Committee to explain uh, why, they're, why they're discharging um, uh, uh, up to 260,000 of our troops, that's about 14% of our entire military force, when we can't, on the other end, go out and recruit new young men and women to raise their right hand and, and uh, join the military to take the oath to serve, protect, and defend, and, and potentially ultimately pay the, the ultimate sacrifice for our country. When you can't go out and recruit that next uh, generation or next wave of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, and at the same time, you're discharging all of these uh, uh, good men and women who are serving for all the right reasons. It doesn't make sense. General Milley came before the committee. I, I challenged him on this recently. He said, it's all going to be okay. It's a, only a small number of our troops, uh, which is just a, that, that is a bold-faced lie. This is a significant uh, group of our, of our men and women in uniform that we're flushing out because of the political motives of this administration. So... I don't know, Tony. When we get the when we get the gavel back and Republicans are in the majority again, I hope we I hope we fix this and fix it very quickly and and uh, welcome these men and women back into the military, give them an opportunity to serve. Because at this time, more than ever in my lifetime, we need them. The world is less yeah. safe and secure because of the policies of this administration. We need more men and women to serve in our military, not less. But two questions on that for you, because it seems like the administration is not connecting the fact that forcing these men and women out because they didn't get the vaccine 
the potential recruits are looking at that and say, you know what, I'm not going to get this shot. It hasn't proven to, to be that effective. I'm not at risk. Why should I get it? So that's number one. But number two, can you, once the Republicans have the majority in Congress and the policies, can you open the door for those that have been booted out to come back in? I really think we can. I think, I think we should and we will uh, when we get the majority back after the midterm election. We'll have an opportunity to do that. Uh, but, but you're right that there's a total disconnect with this administration. It's because they've so highly politicized this vaccination. We've, we've, we've never had a vaccine that has, has been politicized as much as this one has. And also, Tony, I mean, I, I know that you serve. I proudly served. Um, the, 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 what you're seeing with the military today, with the, with the leadership at the very top and from, from the president and his administration, I think a lot of this is a, is a political motive. Uh, they know that, that, by and large, the vast majority of men and women who serve in the military lean to the right. And those 260,000 soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who, uh, are not, who, who did not take the vaccine are probably more, far more conservative than they would lean yeah. uh, to the left. So I, I, I happen to believe that there's a large political motivation behind uh, discharging these, uh, these, uh, these troops as well. So that's the shameful part of it. We have to hold them accountable for it. And when we get the gavel back, I think we'll have an opportunity to do so. I think the motivations that you pointed out are absolutely right. And I think you've given a lot of young people hope that uh, reinforcements are on the way and help is coming. Congressman Jim Banks, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, coming up, the Biden administration is not only depleting America's strategic petroleum reserve. Guess who they've been selling it to? To China. you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. That's next. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that first by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Thanks so much for joining us on this uh, Tuesday. All right, pastors in Georgia, this Thursday, FRC will be holding a Watchman on the Wall pastors briefing at Grove Level Baptist Church in Maysville, Georgia. I'll be there. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin will be there. We'll hear from Congressman Jody Heiss, Pastor Jeff Appling, Dr. Andrew Brunson, Bishop Garland Hunt, Bishop Patrick Wooden, and others. To find out more, Go to watchmanpastors.org, that's watchmanpastors.org, or tonyperkins.com. There's still room, but you've got to register quickly, so, uh, so do that. America's Strategic Petroleum Reserve, created nearly 50 years ago, was intended to serve as a resource for emergency supply chain disruptions or severe economic disruptions, primarily for national defense. But the Biden administration is not only using it as a Band-Aid to lessen the pain at the pump, which, by the way, was caused by bad policy, they have also reportedly, and this this shocks me. I mean, I, as I said at the beginning of the program, not much shocks me, but this does. They have been exporting, exporting millions of barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to companies connected to China. Over, best I can tell, 5 million barrels. Why? Well, that's what some House Republicans are trying to find out. Joining me now to talk about this is the uh, House member leading the charge on this, Congressman Pat Fallon. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee and the Oversight Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of the Lone Star State. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Tony, for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell me that I read this wrong, that this isn't happening. We're not selling oil to China out of our strategic reserves, are we? Tony, I wish I could tell you that this is just a bad science fiction novel, uh, but unfortunately, it's bad uh, policy by this administration, and it's all too real. I mean, okay, tell us, what what do you know thus far? How did you find out about this? And, I mean, is this what the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was set set aside for, this oil that we put in there? Was it to sell to China and our enemies? You know, Tony, it's exactly the opposite of why the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was set up in the first place. As you mentioned, President Ford set it up about 50 years ago, 1975, to, you know, primarily for the military purposes. But if, you know, if we had an act of God, if we had a national emergency, it would be good to have, you know, 500 million, 600 million barrels of oil held in reserve for essentially a rainy day. And we actually filed legislation as well, H.R. 7996, which is the SBR Anti-Exploitation Act, which, if passed, 
would make would require literally an act of Congress to release any barrels of oil out of the reserve. So instead of by this president, by fiat and decree, just decides to drain our own uh, resources. It's it's maddening. So what have you discovered thus far? What what kind of tipped you off to this? Well, you know, we we certainly we'd first seen our office uh, media reports, and then we started uh, and, and as part of the oversight committee trying to investigate. So we sent a letter and led on a letter sent to the administration and telling and number one, <laughs> reminding Mr. Biden what the SPR is and what it was intended for, and two, to ask why is he releasing the our, our reserves to China. Incidentally, Tony, China, it's estimated, has about 980 million barrels of oil in reserve. They have a capacity to hold about a billion. So they're almost there. Under President Trump, we had the highest um, reserve for us. We had 695 million barrels. And today we're sitting at about 480 million barrels. So there's been a 31% decrease uh, from the high point of President Trump to today. And they just announced that they're selling another 20 million barrels. Uh, It's, again, it's it's very chilling to see the ineptitude of this administration. Now, Congressman Fallon, I, I certainly understand, even though it's politically driven, that the president would release some of this oil so that they can drive down the prices, the domestic price of oil. That, you know, okay. So their bad policies led to a spike in energy costs, and so they're trying to get that under control. You know, not, the, not why it was supposed to be there, but it was used at least for Americans. But this idea that we're selling this to foreign countries and to some countries that are even adversarial uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, our policies, that just doesn't I mean, that's almost it's almost treasonous, if you ask me, that we would be aiding those who economically and militarily are adversarial toward us. And think about this, Tony, too. I mean, China's buying as much oil as they can get their hands on from, you know, dirty oil from Iran and Russia, and now Joe Biden. This, this is why our letter also included, we wanted to find uh, from this administration if they would release, we do, we're demanding a release of any information, any communications or documents that related to the release or sale of uh, our oil held by the federal government, any discussions about selling or, or about the state of the Chinese petroleum reserve, and why, why any of our SBR would be shipped to foreign adversaries, particularly, again, China. And then what are their plans to replenish the stocks? Because if China's got a billion dollars, or I'm sorry, a billion barrels of oil in reserve, they don't I need think ours. the United States should be on parity. Right. I mean, well, they don't need ours if they've got that much. No. I mean, they've got more than we do. Why are we selling oil to, uh, to, to them? So let me ask you this question, Congressman Fallon. We were just talking with... Uh, Jim Banks regarding some military policy that hopefully we'll be able to change after the November election. Is, is this something that Congress can deal with if there is a new majority in Congress? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, our bill would go back to harken back to H.R. 7996, Tony. We can pass legislation that requires an act of Congress to tap into the SPR. That is good policy because then I don't want any president to be able to tap into it for no good reason. And I think that if we're a co-equal branch of government, that should not only pass the House and the Senate, but it should also override a veto if necessary. So, Congressman, last question for you. What is, very quickly, what's the timeline in which you hope to hear something? (laughs) 
Uh, it's, you know, Nancy Pelosi's shown time and again, unfortunately, that she'll run cover for the Biden administration. And at really at the, uh, and who pays the price, you know, the American people and uh, with these bad policies. So I would think that come November 8th, uh, immediately thereafter, and the lame duck Congress will get, get this ready to go. And on January 3rd, I'd really want to get this bill heard. And I want to get this passed to the Senate as, as quickly as we can. All right, uh, Congressman Pat Fallon, always great to talk with you. And yeah, thanks for bringing this to our attention. I think this, this is astounding to me, just absolutely yeah. astounding. Thank you, Joni. God bless. Take care. All right. Take care, sir. All right. Coming up, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi doesn't typically have Republican leaders cheering her on, but she's getting some encouragement from across the aisle in response to her potential visit to Taiwan. We talk about that next with Congressman, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, so don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, we have a pastor's briefing this Thursday in Georgia. So if you live in the uh, Atlanta area, we'll be in Maysville, Georgia. That's uh, this Thursday. Uh, General Boykin will be there with me. Congressman Jody Heiss will be speaking to us, Pastor Jeff Appling, and a host of others. So you can join us to find out more. Go to watchmanpastors.org or go to tonyperkins.com. Now, there's been a lot of buzz over the potential visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. While China has warned of the serious consequences of, uh, of such a visit, and President Biden has called it not a good idea right now, a growing number of Republicans have been encouraging the visit. 
which uh, Speaker Pelosi has not confirmed publicly and likely will not confirm for security reasons. I mean, is the visit a good idea? I mean, I actually think at this point to back down would show even further weakness. But here to talk about this and more is Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. She serves as the ranking member on the Tactical Air and Land Forces Subcommittee on the House Armed Services Committee. She is also the chair, chairman of the House Values Action Team, which we work very, very closely with. She represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Vicki, welcome back to the program. Vicki, you there? Hello? Yes, Hi, go right ahead. Now. Good Sorry. to have you with us. Hey, good to be here, Tony. Thank you for having me. And uh, it was good to see you yesterday uh, at the uh, Faith and uh, Freedom Summit uh, there in Missouri. Enjoyed uh, spending that time with you and Josh. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming, Tony. That was a great, great discussion. And, you know, we're facing so many crises in our nation, but certainly there's a moral crisis. And we have to stand strong now, not only be praying for this election, but stand up and have the courage, as you talked about, to to speak up for our beliefs and our values. And I've been blessed to do that as a member of the House of Representatives leading the House Values Action Team. And I look forward to, with God's blessing, being able to stand up and do that in the Senate as well. Talking about challenges, uh, obviously we have a lot of international challenges, and now we're seeing a lot of saber-rattling by China as news of potential visit by Speaker Pelosi to Taiwan has been announced or at least been speculated upon. What's your take on that potential visit by the, uh, the House Speaker? Well, I, I do support it as well, and I think uh, the, China is just trying to be a bully like they are and threatening and try to get uh, our country to kowtow and to back down and uh, say, no, you know, we don't want you to come here. And, hey, we are the United States of America. No other country should dictate where our leaders go. And she is the leader of the uh, House of Representatives. And I am a very strong supporter of Taiwan. And they're a, a democracy, and they uh, deserve to be supported by our nation. And they are being bullied by China. They're being threatened with military flyovers. And, you know, Xi Jinping, the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, has indicated that, you know, he wants to take them back. He believes that they already are part of China and they are a free and independent nation. Uh, we need to be supporting them militarily with the equipment they need and not make the mistake that President Biden did as it relates to Russia and Ukraine, that waiting until it's too late to try to get them military equipment and just threatening uh, Russia, saying, well, don't do that. We need to be standing up for them now, making sure they have the ability to defend themselves. If China should be aggressive and try to attack and, uh, their country, uh, and so now is the time to be strong, and no country should dictate to us uh, where our, our members of Congress go. The Biden administration, national security officials are quietly working to convince House Speaker Pelosi not to go because of the risk of her trip. What's your take on the, the Biden administration's uh, response to this? Well, they are listening to the Chinese officials, and they are weak, once again, like they have been, uh, how they uh, back down to Russia and their threats. I, I think we shouldn't ask permission of anybody. And we need to stand strong for our values, and we value freedom and democracy. We value the people of Taiwan, who are our partners, not just uh, in, in economically, but uh, in our beliefs and our value system as well. 
And there's also a strategic reason to continue to be strong and to help the people of Taiwan. They do produce 90 percent of the computer chips that we use, and we see there's a shortage already because of uh, COVID and the back, uh, the back orders that are in place that are uh, hurting so we can't get equipment and basic even washing machines and things that everything uses computer chips. So, yes, we need to be focusing on making more computer chips here and bringing things back to America. But in the meanwhile, we can't just uh, secede um, uh, Taiwan to China and back off. Uh, we need to stand with our allies. Right now, under President Biden, because of his weakness in Afghanistan, our allies don't trust us and our enemies don't fear us. And that needs to change. Yeah, it, it, that makes the world a very volatile place. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, always great to uh, to talk with you. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us today. You bet. Thank you, Tony. All right. Uh, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler of Missouri. She, As I mentioned, she chairs the Values Action Team. We work very closely with her. She does a great, great job. Look, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Nancy Pelosi, but I will say she's, she has been pretty tough on China, especially when it comes to human rights. She's challenged him on the Uyghurs and others. So she's actually been pretty good, surprisingly good, on the issue of human rights in China. I do not think that we should in any form or fashion kowtow to the Chinese um, as they're doing all this saber rattling. And maybe they'll do more. I don't know. But... I can guarantee you this, if we fold and we tuck tail and run, they will do more in the future. I think we, we have to stand up to bullies. Stand right up to them and do not let them push us around. All right, coming up on the other side of the break, Meg Gilgannon joins me to talk about education issues and more, so don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, I've got some uh, some homework, if you will, uh, at the website, TonyPerkins.com. Now, many of you have already responded to this, uh, but if you've not, uh, uh, we need your help, okay? We're, we're kind of here, our nation's capital, working on these things. We're not kind of, we are. We're working on these things each and every day. Sometimes we need your help. We're, we're your voice here in our nation's capital and the halls of government, but we need reinforcements on time, uh, on, on, from time to time. As we talked about last week, the House passing this, uh, what I call Disrespect Marriage Act, which 47 Republicans voted for. And essentially, this not only eliminates DOMA, but it is a green light I believe, to religious intolerance in this country. We've already seen it. We're going to talk about this in just a moment. But the Senate uh, would be voting on it this week, most likely. Schumer wants to do it, but they got two Democrats out with, uh, with uh, COVID. And who knows, you know, it's been kind of spreading and they've got to have all 50. But you've got some Republicans that are leaning toward voting for this. And so they need to hear from you. And so if you go to TonyPerkins.com, if you've not been there before, let me just walk you through it. There's a, a tab that says, it's right there at the top, it says episode resources. You just click on it, and then it brings down this menu. It has contact information for all of our guests today and resources that they've offered. But then it also says, tell the U.S. Senate to not redefine marriage. And you click on that. We make this very easy for you. We click on it, put in your zip code, and it brings up your two senators. And then you can send them a message. So I really need you to weigh in on this because they need to hear from you that you're concerned about the implications this would have for what your children are being taught, the implications it would have for religious freedom in this country. All right, so, so do that. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Also, I mentioned at the top of the program, just want to, to uh, before I move to the education issue, the Department of Justice uh, announcing today that yesterday they met uh, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, and the uh, Deputy Attorney General, uh, Monaco, uh, met with representatives from what they call reproductive rights, health and justice groups, and other civil rights organizations. And this was all designed to to talk about how they can navigate uh, this post-Dobbs world. Um, what, what is amazing to me is that we've been raising the issue, the fact now, we're keeping a running total of over 100 
pro-life organizations, care pregnancy centers have either been vandalized or firebombed in the last two months. And we hear crickets from the Department of Justice. These groups are, some of them probably connected with those that are conducting the violence in this country, the lawlessness. So I wonder when the Department of Justice is going to meet with pro-life organizations to talk about how they will help them to make sure that their constitutional rights are protected and that they're able to carry out the ministry and the work that they do in their communities without fear of attack. Well, just don't hold your breath. Okay, early on, as uh, LGBT activists were lobbying to get so-called same-sex marriage recognized, they argued that such recognition doesn't affect anyone but them. All right, they said, ah, it's not, it's not going to affect you. I remember hearing this in debates. People think, how will my same-sex marriage affect your family? Well, we now have quite a bit of evidence. They claimed the conservatives were alarmists whose warnings were off base. But we're increasingly seeing the consequences of normalizing same-sex marriage. And among the places where the effects are most pronounced is in the school classroom where young, impressionable impressionable children are being exposed to material designed to normalize LGBTQ behavior. Now, with the U.S. Senate poised to vote on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act that would redefine natural marriage and make it clear in statute, and I think will be used then to further marginalize those who hold to natural marriage, and it will accelerate the LGBT indoctrination in our nation's schools. With me now to talk about this is FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies, Meg Kilgannon. She served in the U.S. Department of Education during the Trump administration. Meg, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Tony. Okay, so a lot here to, to really kind of unpack, but first... This has become an issue. Parents are speaking out about this along with the critical race theory that's being taught or the framework that's being used in our schools. And so for the first time that I can ever recall, Republicans are leading Democrats when it comes to the issue of education, and it's starting to affect the potential outcome of the midterm election. No, that's exactly right. And the the shock it the shock waves that sends through the left and the Democratic Party are really profound. And you see that in the constant uh, messaging from mainstream media about this topic. Um, they're going to ban now the use of the term groomer on Twitter. Uh, you'll you'll get kicked off if you use that term because it's apparently an LGBT slur. Um, so th- th- these this kind of message control now will will start to intensify as we enter into the election season, and so, because adults l- can't me, agree on the topic, right? They're they're going to try to work it out in children's classrooms. Yeah, so let me ask you about that because we've seen now some conservative moms who have been out there and, and raising awareness of what's happening in the classroom. And so now they're being actually uh, censored on on Twitter. So is there a connection between the fact that Democrats are all of a sudden in a panic that they're losing ground, uh, especially as we talked about last week with minority voters, so there's a 10 percent spread, a 10 point spread in favor of Republicans. 
I mean, the, the warning bells have to be ringing through the Democratic headquarters. Right, and the, and the one thing they can do is stop the, the messaging, right? They can, they can use their, their, their allies in the world of social media and in, the, and in um, you know, print and, and television media to just stop the use of those terms, prevent, deplatform people who are calling out this kind of um, indoctrination of our youth. So Moms for Liberty just had a conference uh, uh, in, in Florida. They had uh, thousands of people attend. It was a really wonderful event. And um, the Florida Commissioner of Health tweeted out an alert to uh, let people in Florida know that, that uh, California is considering a bill to to uh, be a sanctuary state for children who want to change their gender identity, who they want surgery, they want the name change, the pronouns, the whole bit. You can go to Florida. I mean, you can go to California where they will allow you to enter the foster care system and put you on Medicaid and provide all of those services to you um, as a sanctuary state service. So uh, this, of course, is alarming to parents all over the country. And the, yeah. the com Florida commissioner tweeted about it. Moms for Liberty also messaged about this on Twitter. And now their account has been shut down for hate speech. So this is the kind so of I thing that we can expect more of in the future. This is just the beginning. Yes, especially if we see Congress take the action of uh, codifying into law what the Supreme Court imposed on the nation back in 2015. Okay, so Meg, I want to step into the FRC time machine here for a moment uh, and go back 10 years to a, uh, basically it was a documentary that we did at the Family Research Council tracking what we now know quite, well, there's a lot of evidence behind it, but I want to connect what's happening in the classroom, which a lot of people don't make the connection. What we're, we've been talking about in the classroom actually goes back to the redefinition of marriage. So I want to go back to, to 2012 when we did a documentary, The Problem with Same-Sex Marriage. And we go back to the first state with um, Massachusetts being the first to legalize same-sex marriage in 2005. And so uh, we're going to play this clip. This is uh, Chris... Mino, he was the president at the time of the Massachusetts Family Institute, and you'll also hear from a father, David Parker. He was a parent that is speaking about what his child was exposed to. So let's play clip number five, please. We in Massachusetts have had same-sex marriage forced upon us for seven years now, and the first level of impact is in our schools. From kindergarten through 12th grade and beyond, our children are being indoctrinated on same-sex marriage and the rightness, the correctness of homosexuality. The beginning of 2005, our son Jacob was going into kindergarten, and he came home with a diversity book bag. And in the diversity book bag was a book entitled Who's in a Family by Robert Scutch. And that introduces children to same-sex households. Now, that was back in 2005. We looked at seven years of policy that came from that, and it began, as you heard from Chris Mino, that it began in the classroom. That's what's happening all across America since 2015. That's why we see this in the classroom. It will only accelerate if Congress takes this action and, as I said, codifies what the court imposed on the nation back in 2015. 
You saw this happen um, it, during the, the years when we lived under Roe v. Wade. There were many, many states, most states, had a law that said that if you're going to teach sex education in this state, you must explain to young women their constitutional right to an abortion. And so in the state of Virginia, we have, we have that law. Uh, it's probably still on the books, yet to be repealed. And to counter that, um, good folks said, you, can, you have to teach that, okay, but you also have to teach about adoption, right? So this issue will follow a similar path where if it, we, we already have an alleged constitutional right to same-sex marriage, which I would say isn't actually there, but anyway, that's how we're operating. So if Congress does codify this, this is, you're going to have a similar path with mandates for educating children about this topic, and it will be justified because of the actions of Congress and the fact that there's a quote-unquote constitutional right addressing it. Right. Right. I mean, as you pointed out, I think the, the parallels are so significant between Roe v. Wade and Obergefell v. Hodges because the, the issue is it's a made-up right by the courts. The court did this. The le a legislative body did not. In fact, when you look at the marriage, over half the state said no. In fact, put into their constitutions the historical and, and natural definition of marriage. But they've taken this anyway because of the court's actions, and they've brought this into the classroom. But if Congress moves down this path and ratifies this, uh, codifies it, then I mean, I think you, anyone who stands in opposition to this, this is where you're going to see the Department of Justice really jump on the domestic terrorist aspect when it comes to parents stepping up into school boards and raising uh, alarms over this. So I, I guess, Meg, I would ask the question for those moms and those parents who are alarmed over what's been happening in the classroom that they've discovered and they've been speaking out on it. Well, they need to speak out on this issue of this marriage issue or else... I mean, they're going to be just uh, inundated in the days ahead with that type of indoctrination in the classroom. It, it's it's never been more urgent to make your yourself heard, um, and the I can't tell you how many times I'm at events here in Washington D.C. You know, we're unashamedly an organization that is based on biblical worldview and bringing that that perspective to the policy space in, in Washington, D.C., whether it's in Congress or in, with interaction with other groups. And I can't tell you the number of times I'm in a meeting in another, in a coalition setting, and I hear a, a mother say something like, you know, I don't have a problem with gay marriage, but I really don't want them to talk to my five-year-old about it. I'm the one who's supposed to decide when kids are ready to talk about these things. And so... Even though they, they are mistaken about, under, under a wrong impression about the, what, what is really true about marriage, parents still understand that this is a very sensitive and personal topic and that to, to address this with young children is a bridge too far. And in fact, to address it with older children is, is not usually appropriate either. So it really is important for people to very lovingly and intentionally speak up and say the thing that, that you know isn't going to be the most popular opinion maybe that day, but you'll be surprised 
at the, the warm reception it might get if you're brave enough to be the first one to speak right. the truth. Well, here's the reality, Megan. We know this from history, is that you won't have a choice. You won't have the choice to teach your child or tell your child to have this conversation with your child and not have the school have that conversation. They will have it, and it will not be, in most cases, your values that are shared with them. It will be this radical ideology that we've already seen. So we can't, uh, we can't be fooled. Now is the time to step up and speak up uh, against this radical ideology. Uh, Meg, always great to see you. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right, Meg Kilgannon. To find out more about FRC's work when it comes to education, go to frcaction.org. Lots of resources there for you. In fact, some of you, and in fact, I talked to a number this weekend. I was in Kansas and Missouri, as I was talking about yesterday. A number of people, I was very encouraged, who have run for office after listening to Washington Watch, city council, school boards. So keep at it. And visit TonyPerkins.com and contact your senator, too. And pray, okay? And also, from the Apostle Paul, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, you know what to do. Just keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 